1: And welcome to episode 20 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and food peace promoter. I am so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. And to start today's episode, I have a question. Have you ever had an experience with food where you felt like you couldn't stop eating or you couldn't stop thinking about food or both? And when you tried to stop eating or tried to eat less, it only seemed to make it worse? If you can relate to this, I have a feeling you probably associate these experiences with a lot of shame. And there are probably experiences you don't talk to many people, if anyone, about. Certainly, um, experiencing binging or binge eating disorder is an experience that many people would say is shameful. Yet, you may be surprised to know that that is the most common Eating disorder out there. I've read research on how one third of people who seek out any kind of weight loss treatment, whether it's going to a dietitian or going to a physician or weight loss surgery or anything like that, one third of folks um, are experiencing binge eating disorder. Which um, something I know to be true from working with um, folks in the in the binge experience is that working towards weight loss is something that just makes binging worse. And that is one of the many reasons why I do operate from a more weight neutral approach because I do feel like the diet crazy train is just something that makes people have a relationship with food that is gonna feel more shameful and less health promoting. And um, it just isn't the way that food is designed to, to be. Food is designed to be functional. It's designed to be nourishing and pleasurable yet not thought about all the time. And we have a letter today from someone who is knee deep in the binge eating experience and feeling a lot of shame. So when I read the letter, I think many of you out there will feel a connection to it and probably be like raising your hand saying, hey, oh, oh, me too, that happens to me too. Um, So I hope it does bring you comfort in knowing that you are not alone. And letter writer, I hope you can know that as other people listen to your words they are going to feel comfort because it may be the first time that they realize they're not the only one and including um, the guest that I have on the show today she is a therapist that specializes in working with binge eating disorder and she also experienced the same thing so I can't wait for you to hear about all the different ways that we talk about helping someone in the binge experience but first let's listen to the letter Dear Food, I hate the relationship I have with you, and I hate how confused I get around you. For many years, I was overweight. When I hit my teens, I started to restrict you food and became more cautious of my eating. I wasn't eating healthier, I was eating less. I dropped weight rapidly, and everyone noticed and became concerned. I never thought of it as an eating disorder and loved the way that people would tell me how much weight I had dropped. But the funny thing was, I never saw it myself. I knew people were telling me that I was skinnier, and I loved that I was being acknowledged. But I could not see it on myself ever. Since then, I have had a complicated relationship with you food. I moved to go to college and gained a freshman twenty. I became drawn into the fitness trends, and in an effort to lose weight, tried exercising more and going vegetarian. I soon became obsessed with calorie counting, clean eating, and limiting bad food intake. My weight fluctuated between that time, and I still could not see changes in my body, even though people told me otherwise. After leaving college, I tried not to count calories because I felt so suffocated and stressed out over it all the time. Since then, my relationship to you has not improved. I tried a more relaxed approach to eating to reclaim a healthy relationship with you and instead gained even more weight from it. Many changes in my lifestyle happened in between like moving to a new country, getting a new job, and moving in with my partner and somehow I managed to develop a dependent excessive relationship to you food. At first I tried to be relaxed around you and ate in moderation and enjoyed treats occasionally I don't know how it began, but my eating habits escalated. It started with oatmeal, as I would eat oatmeal by the bowlful. Then I started buying peanut butter and finishing a jar in one day. Then whole loaves of bread or cakes would be polished off within 10 minutes. It became habitual, and it was comforting. Now, I still find myself binging on disgusting random concoctions, anything that I can whip up from the kitchen, like raw cake batter and eating bowl after bowl of a gross mixture of sugar, flour, milk, and oil. It usually happens when I'm home alone and I have crazy cravings all the time now. I find no enjoyment in eating and I'm afraid I may have a binge eating disorder or at the very least an awful habit I can't get rid of. I feel like a wreck as I think about food all the time, binging and trying to rationalize the binge the rest of the day by telling myself to eat less at lunch or dinner or whatever. I never eat less at any meal, though, because I get hungry again and I feel like I'm losing control of my life. I feel compelled to eat when I'm alone because there is a voice in my head screaming at me to go and eat something, and once I'm in the kitchen, I never leave until about two hours later. I do it all in secret, too, and hide the food wrappers or flush unfinished food down the toilet. I am so ashamed, scared, and unsure of how to control myself, and I am terrified of the weight gain. I can't seek professional help because I can't afford it, but I know I cannot live with this. How can I reconcile a healthy relationship with you, food? I feel so conflicted because I want to have a healthy relationship with you, but it seems that when I try to, I end up losing my mind and overeating, but I don't want to restrict anymore either. What do I do? Sincerely, Confused Troubled Eater. Hi, Confused Troubled Eater. Thank you so much for your letter. And I so much right now want to give you the biggest hug. And wow, what an exhausting journey that you've experienced with eating and your body and yeah i would just love to give you a big hug right now and let you know that many people are going to be here for you to help you walk on this next part of your journey and i think healing your relationship with food is something that's not going to be pretty and clean and um, straightforward it'll be messy but that mess is going to be beautiful and from your letter you know it's impossible to diagnose and also probably illegal to diagnose from a letter on a podcast but you know from what you're writing it does sound like you're expen- experiencing binge eating and it certainly sounds like a lot of people that I've talked to over the years and you know it from your letter it also sounds like the binging didn't start in your adult life but rather when you were a teen and when you were restricting. And my big curiosity for you is what if you were never told that you were too big? You know, you started your letter letting us know that you are in a larger body. You use the word overweight. I tend not to use that word um, just because I always think over what? (laughs) Because, you know, I wonder what your DNA wanted you to weigh. And Especially as a teen, we go through rapid weight gains as a normal part of puberty. And the average girl gains 30 to 50 pounds the two years before and after she starts her period. Why don't we learn this traditionally? I don't know. But, you know, I wonder for you if that was something that's going on or if your body was just doing what it needed to do. And um, for some reason, either directly or indirectly, or both, you got the message that that was just not acceptable. And, you know, all of the praise you got because of being in a smaller body, I think, along with hearing a message that having a larger, larger body is not acceptable, I think, laid a foundation for you to have um, this binge eating experience that you're in right now. And as I read your letter, the the message I kept hearing was there was so much judgment, you know, there was so much shame and fear and so much judging going on about where you are. And, you know, I can certainly appreciate that binging is not an experience that most people walk around feeling really proud about. And yet it is a disease that we have treatment for. And one of the first things that I see helping people is when they do start to peel away the shame by um, getting help. And when you start to really encourage yourself to be more curious without judgment about what is going on, I would encourage you to, instead of working towards a healthy relationship with food, what about working towards a healing relationship with food? And I, I make that kind of really detailed difference because I wonder if by calling it a healthy relationship, if it's promoting more perfectionism, more all or nothing thinking and good or bad, It I find that when people start to let go of that type of perfectionism with food, which FYI doesn't exist anyway, um, when they let go of that kind of ideal and start to walk away from it, that's when the relationship with food starts to heal. And things like always thinking about food or always uh, feeling a loss of control with food, those experiences start to decrease. And, you know, from reading your letter, I want to get help from a colleague of mine. Um, There's a therapist. Her name is Carrie Anderson, and she works at Green Mountain Fox Run, which has a fabulous binge eating disorder program I wanna see if she has any insight for you, confused trouble eater, I think she will. And so let's go ahead and give her a call and see what she has to say. Hello. Hey, Carrie. It's Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you? I'm great. It's a beautiful day here in Vermont. Oh, wow. You know, I have never been to Vermont. It's someplace I've always wanted to visit and one day I will do it. And <laughs> maybe yeah. I can stop by and say hello. But you know Absolutely. I would love that. And Carrie, it's so great to talk to you and thank you so much for agreeing to help me with this letter from Confused Trouble Eater, you know, when I read it, I thought of you because I know about all the great things you guys are doing at Green Mountain, Fox Run up in Vermont. And um, I'm curious if you had a chance to read the letter yet. I did.
0: Awesome. And it, really, it really struck me because it sounds a lot like my my struggle as a, a teen and, and in my
1: 20s. So I can really relate to this letter. Oh, that's so cool to hear. Well, tell me... Um, well, what do you feel like is your overall impression about what's going on with this this letter writer?
0: Well, I think the, the first thing is that there's uh, there's some obvious reinforcements that started early on in terms of really being reinforced for um, seeking the thin ideal and then um, turning to food in order to to soothe and self-regulate and, and this idea that turning to even things like um, you know i went to the kitchen and and like ate raw cake batter and or eating a a mixture of sugar flour milk kind of like making your own frosting i can remember you know in a frenzy doing the very same thing and really all i was trying to do is i would say self-medicate as because from an anxious Person That I am and um, and turning to the sugar to kind of calm me down. Um, I can look back at that and say, that's exactly what I was doing. And I can think of it in a real compassionate way and saying, of course, I needed to to calm down. Uh, and that's the best way I knew how. And yet I think I see a lot of shame here. It's like, why do I do this? This this big secret. And if people knew what I was doing, this would be so awful. And yet there's so many people out there that do the very same thing. So this whole, this being ashamed, uh, I really wish that I could help her wrap herself in compassion and realize that there's a really good reason why she's doing this. And uh, I think the other thing that I would say is that, you know, my hope in working with individuals like this is is to really turn back to self and look at you know um, trusting myself with food because food's become this huge enemy. Um, like you know, I hate it, I love it, I you know, it, it controls my every thought, and yet the relationship with food can be. Um, have some freedom to it and liberation. And, um, and that's what I would hope for this, this person.
1: Oh yeah. You know, I felt the same way too. I wanted to like, just find a way to like reel out this like shame that she's <laughs> experiencing and, and just drape her in compassion as well. Give her the biggest hug. Um, cause mm-hmm. I feel like that is probably something that's adding so much fuel to this. You know, what do you feel like in your own experience or, and maybe also in your work with clients, like what are the first steps people can take when they're in the midst of all the, the binging and and the shame? Like what are the first few steps people can take?
0: The, The first step that, that we do and, and I learned to do, um, with my own shame in regards to food is, is to validate the function and the role that the food has in my life or in their life. It's, it's kind of like to just kind of, well, of course, this is exactly um, serving a purpose and it's helped me survive. I've turned to it in times of stress and times of need. And so to look at it instead of an enemy and a shameful thing is that it, it really has been quite functional. And I always say, and it works until it doesn't. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's the first step. I think is, is to really accept that it that played a really important role in their life. It's almost like a relationship that you have to grieve and that you realize that this, this relationship that I have with food has really helped me and it served a purpose, but it's time to say goodbye. And, and that decision is, is a real long process. It's not just as easy as saying goodbye.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I, yeah, I think if it was easy There wouldn't be millions of people struggling with binge eating, you know, It, but yeah, it's a long process and hard, but it's certainly something that we see happen. And, um, you know, what do you, what do you see people doing to help that grieving process?
0: Again, I I think that it's just working through, um, how, how it's been helpful,
1: Okay. Um, yeah, I think
0: that e- e- even if it's it's not serving you at this time and it's creating a lot of pain, I think really looking at the sunny side of it and and the the side that's been helpful throughout their life, I think that is really important. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That they spend some time understanding um, how it's helped them um, mm-hmm. and not not demonizing it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that we live in a world that like the demonization of food choices is just so normal and I can appreciate then that would really get in the way of recovering from something like this you know because we're saturated with this message that you know food is going to kill us or cure us <laughs> so um and then we get conflicting messages of course with that so um you know I just feel like our culture is not really helping to help someone heal their relationship with food. And and something that she wrote about struck me kind of along these lines that she was yearning for a healthy relationship with food. And the way I kind of was reading that word healthy was more of the all or nothing kind of thinking. Um, mm-hmm. And I was something I was thinking about is it'd be interesting if she worked on a healing relationship with food mm-hmm. instead of just like a healthy one. Um,
0: mm, yeah. Yes.
1: It, I wonder what that would look like. And even just like that little tiny change of letters, you know, and it sounds like that kind of fits how the, how you do the work in Vermont and, um to really sit with how this relationship with food was very functional and how important food is to take care of ourselves. Yeah. So um, right. I think that's, that's really helpful. And, you know, the other thing that I just found just so interesting reading her letter was how much, judgment there was for her on, um, her eating choices and her weight. And it made me think about like, what if when she was a teen, you know, she described herself as an overweight teen. And Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I don't really like the word overweight. I'm like over what, (laughs) you know? Um, (laughs) and like, what if no one said something like, what if that was not something she was ever told? Like, what if her body was never told that or she was never told her body was unacceptable. I wonder if her relationship with food wouldn't be this complicated. What do you think?
0: Oh, I completely agree, Julie. Um, I think that the second most important thing to do is, is jump off the, uh, the diet train. Okay, the on the wagon, off the wagon Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I think that if, if, if people never felt that their body needed to change and they had to um, introduce a restrictive thought process, which drives the the restrictive eating, um, which in turn <laughs> uh, causes the, the, the drive to binge because there's this real feeling of deprivation. If we don't ever get into that uh, on again, off again, black and white thought process with food, then I think our relationship with food would would be healthy. i tr- I truly believe that the that the drive for thinness um, and ex- and acceptability drives the eating behavior in terms of the restrictive mindset. And if we never got into that, then I, I think that um, our our food relationship would be normalized. And I believe that we would never have had, quote the the weight problem. Um, I think the restrictive mindset creates the weight problem
1: yeah so yeah, yeah yeah, certainly the research out there say, suggesting that you know the more we diet, the more weight we gain and or the dieting predicts weight gain and that uh, so whenever someone talks about that in their history, that's something I always am just curious about, and it's it makes me feel some sadness, you know yeah. for mm-hmm. anyone in that kind of experience because man, if we just never told them that there was something wrong, like you said, nothing would have been wrong, you know, right. they wouldn't they wouldn't have become a problem. Um, so and I don't even uh, know if
0: it is a problem. I guess the, the choice of words is kind of contradictory anyway. Yeah. Uh, what what is a weight problem? Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yes. Um, yes. I, I, I think that A problem is when when I don't feel free to be able to um, live my life and do the things I love Mm -hmm. and whatever, if that's a mindset or whether it's a mobility issue or whatever, I think that's that's the problem is when people limit their sets, their um, choices in, in terms of their life. Um, because of um, their perceived weight problem or even if, if it is a um, a problem in terms of mobility or pain or, or whatnot, then that's usually a lifestyle issue, mm-hmm. meaning that, I you know, I want to move, you know, let's move more. I want to eat in a way that makes me feel more vibrant.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, I it sounds like from her, like having that weight associated with it makes it seem like that has to be the focus in order to actually um, – to experience health and all that stuff. When (laughs) in reality, we know that's not the case. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's great to, um, hear your insight because I don't know if you know this, but you're the first therapist that I've interviewed on this show. So, um, we've had lots of dietitians, and so your insight has been really helpful and, um, different in that you're coming from a different modality. So I'm really happy to hear what you have to say. And I, um, I have this something on our show called a food peace syllabus, and mm-hmm. it's basically a collection of books and uh, websites, blog posts that help someone who's um, experiencing a complicated relationship with food. Just um, something else that they can use to further help them heal and to feel more comfortable in the skin that they're in right now. Is there are there any books that you'd recommend? Well, Julie, I hate to be self-promoting, but I'm going
0: to be right now. <laughs> so, um, I wrote a book um, that came out in 2013 with Dr. Michelle May-, May called "Eat What You Love, Love What You Eat" for binge eating, and um, and I don't believe it's only for people that binge eat. It really it really talks about how we get into these cycles of eating, the restrictive that turn, you know, that that pendulum swings into a. Um, a binge cycle or an uh, overeating cycle. And, um, I, I really believe that that book, um, is kind of a hidden gem <laughs> because yes. not that many people, uh, know about it. I mean, you can get it on Amazon. Um, but we also can order it directly from the amihungry.com
1: site. Awesome. Well, you know what I'll do is I'll put information on that book in the show notes, but, um, Something that is important for you to know, Carrie, is that I have that book on my bedside because mm-hmm. I've I've like skimmed it and now I'm like reading it word for word. And the thing that I really like about your book is that it's it provides this compassionate permission with structure to help my clients who are in the middle of a binge eating experience, and they're really really liking it. So I'm I'm glad that you wrote it with Michelle May, and um, I hope more people find it because it is a hidden gem. But I wish it wasn't hidden, (laughs) you know, because it's really, really helpful. And, um, you know, there's parts where it really just gets people to come to this place of like, okay, well I can, I I appreciate that. I want to eat now, um, out of emotions and I can either, um, distract myself or I can binge eat or I can heal, you know, and you have a Mm -hmm. choice and they're all equal. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that part of it. And, um, so yeah, so anyone listening, and especially you, Letter Writer, I think this is a book written for you. So I will put a link to it in the show notes. And um, is there a way for people to find you if they want to know more about what you're doing up in Vermont?
0: Sure. You know, we are, um, I work at Green Mountain at Fox Run. Um this uh, women's retreat for healthy weight and well-being has been here for uh, 43 years I came in uh, specifically to open their women's Center for binge and emotional eating and it's it's like a uh, an arm to the regular program meaning that if people want to go a little deeper and look at um, some of the underlying issues that drive in terms of thinking and belief systems and whatnot that drive drive their eating behavior, they have an opportunity while they're staying uh, at the retreat center to get some outpatient therapy. And so that's that's what I uh, what I'm doing here and how I came here. Um, and it just fulfills the, the passion that I have both personally and professionally. Um, people can come and get outpatient therapy at our program um, without attending the retreat center. But most of the time um, they're like a con- because we're kind of in the middle. Of, you know, South Central Vermont. Um, <laughs> they tend to come and and do a combination program. The program that that. Um, for binge and emotional eating, we have a, a pretty um, compact uh, intensive program called the Pathway, and what that is is you can come for either a week, a Monday through Friday, or you can e- actually come for an intensive weekend, which is a, f- a a Friday night, Saturday, and half day Sunday, and get this uh, eight group program um, that I believe is is the best of things put together if you only have a little bit of time, and so. We what we do is find that people come up and get this jumpstart and then we help them to integrate back to their therapist or their dietitian at home to help continue with these concepts. So we look for like-minded providers like yourself, Julie, um, to be able to work hand in hand with. Mm-hmm. So um, you can find us at, um, I'm at care. My, you can just email me. I, I don't mind getting direct emails. I, I love to hear from people. Um, my email is Carrie, K-A-R-I at fitwoman.com. And if you Google Green Mountain at Fox Run, you uh, we have a a beautiful new website that's been put together. And uh, I think people would just enjoy looking at it. There's so many resources that are available on our website. I've got webinars that we've done. Um, We have a hit, you know a 30 year history of blogging, um, in a library of blogs from, from everything. So I, a lot of p- times people will just get on the website just to, to get some resources.
1: Yeah. You know, your website, um, well, you know, it's your website, <laughs> the green mountain box Run the website is one that I often refer to people. And so what I'll do is I will put a link to, um, that in the show notes. And then also for a way for that, for people to contact you in case they're driving in the car or, you know, and just can't write down something right now in the show notes. I'll have links to all of that. But I agree, the blog is such a rich resource. There's a lot of depth to it. And, you know, listeners, if you are listening to this podcast as an adjunct to your therapy with a dietitian and a therapist, you'll find that this website that Carrie and that Green Mountain at Fox Run have would be a further adjunct to it because it is like you said it goes back really far you know you you guys have a history of decades of mm-hmm. you know using more weight neutral approaches mm-hmm. and healing type of approaches instead of like a weight loss kind of um, promotion, which I feel like most of the places that focus on binge eating have this weight loss component, which is always kind of funny to me, because I'm like, that's just going to make binging worse. So like, (laughs) that's not going to (laughs) help anyone. Um, So I love what you guys are doing. And so I will put that in the show notes for sure. And I really appreciate your time today. You know, you've given um, us so much more insight. And I think the letter writer has gotten a lot out of what you have had to say. So thank you so much for your time. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, Thank you, Carrie, and take care. Okay, goodbye. So Confused Trouble Eater, I hope that the solutions and suggestions that Carrie and I discussed, um, you find helpful. I hope they give you some firm footing as you take some next steps healing your relationship with food. And I, I appreciate that you said that, you know, it's just not an option for you financially to get help right now, Um, but I'm going to put in the show notes a link to um, eating disorder dietitians in the United States. I'm not sure where you wrote from, Um, but if you are in the United States, we do have a professional group of dietitians, and within that professional group, there's also scholarships. So if if finances keep people from getting the help they need to heal from their binge eating or any eating disorder, um, there is an option that you can apply for. So I hope you find that helpful because certainly healing from binge eating disorder is something that can take a while and it's been really well established in the literature that working with a therapist and a dietitian is something that can help expedite the process for you. So as we transition into hearing what food has to say, I hope um, letter writer that you do start to acknowledge how you know, your relationship with food has had a valid function. And what you may experience as you make the transition is a grieving process, which will be hard. But, you know, we also help will fuel you to jump off that crazy diet train and work towards more acceptance and non-judgmental curiosity about how you're experiencing food. And instead of focusing on a healthy relationship with food, focusing on a healing relationship with food. So let's hear what food has to say. Take care. Dear troubled, confused eater. Along the way, you heard your body was not acceptable and you ran from us, but you came back. Yet instead of just fuel, nourishment and pleasure, you turned to us to soothe and comfort. In your duress, you felt calm and survived, but now we hear you longing for a more functional and pleasurable relationship with food again. All changes bring a melancholy, and this will too. Be kind and wrap yourself with compassion. You are not alone. As you disembark the diet crazy train, acknowledge how many other people are taking those exact same steps as you. Love food. Do you have a complicated relationship with food and want to change? I want to help. Send your Dear Food letter to lovefoodpodcast at gmail.com. I hope to read about your experiences soon. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food series. Have you enjoyed the show or would you like to give me feedback? I welcome your thoughts. Please give a review in iTunes and subscribe. This type of kindness helps the show continue. You can also tweet me at eatingpermitrg. Take care.